Blog Talk Radio. Urban Glory Radio, simply glorious. In spreading the gospel to the world, we have designed a streaming radio broadcast for every believer. This word, worship, and witness field broadcast streams live every week. Access episodes on demand 24 hours a day. Subscribe to our iTunes podcast and take UGR wherever you go. Visit us online at urbanglorycampaigns.webs.com. Also find us at twitter.com backslash urban underscore glory and like us on Facebook. Enjoy today's broadcast.
I hear our national anthem of the African-American community. I hear the song being chanted by the cloud of witnesses of times past that are observing this moment in time, awaiting for the sons of God to arise within our culture and our context. I want to present an alternative to the dialogues that are going out for the past few days. This is not something that just awakened two days after the Declaration of Independence celebration. There's no coincidence. But this is something that has been going on in the last uh, four or five years in particularly with police brutality concerning African-American men. And in prayer and in dialogue and discussion and commentaries with various authorities, the Lord began to speak to me and he began to share with me some things pertaining to the African-American community. I'm always reminded when I read scripture, I love the, the, the impression that scripture gives. You know, when you take out of the, the religious lens of, of scripture, you begin to see a very personal conviction amongst the authors. Of course, there was various authors that wrote the scriptures. Um, but in, in particularly, there was a community that the scriptures focused on and a, and a culture that it focused on majorly throughout the text. We do see in the New Testament that the gospel then begins to translate itself into uh, Gentile nations or nations that were not Israel. But the, but the core of it, of the, of, the, of the whole makeup of scripture is addressed mainly to the Jewish community or to the, the children of Israel. So we see a beautiful covenant unfold, and, and Israel becomes the prototype of covenant that we establish with God. Uh, they, they are the first contact with God as a culture, as a people. And we have no problem identifying and respecting their community because it is through their community that we have access through the Lord Jesus Christ to salvation, eternal salvation, and eternal security. And even in Scripture, we see the emphasis, the emphasis of that community uh, being related to when we look at the different passages. And I love that it just didn't start in the Old Testament where the Spirit of God was just moving upon people and coming upon people to inspire them. But we even see in the spirit-driven era of the, of the New Testament unfolding, even to the act, Acts of the Apostles where the church was being established, that they, they also were highlighted. Jesus even said himself out of his own mouth that I wish first that the Jews would be saved. You see an intimacy, an emphasis on the culture in which he came from. We cannot deny the authenticity of their culture and their heritage and who they are. And, yes, it is a pigmentation of skin. It is a, a group, a sect of people that have been identified based on their context in, 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 the, in, the, in the historical uh, imprint of the world. We don't disregard the, the Jewish roots of the scriptures uh, for the sake of, of our establishing and receiving uh, uh, impression of the scripture uh, as the authoritative word of God. And what I mean is this. We don't, we don't deny 
the Jews being the Jews and their importance to God's plan for all mankind in the scheme of history, just because the scriptures were written by a group of Jews. We appreciate that, but then we also make it applicable to our lives. So uh, the scripture also suggests bless those that bless Israel. It's a covenant bond because they are a covenant people. And we too, as African Americans, are covenant people that have been called by God for such a time as this to unite and to advance and to move forward. So I thought about Black Lives Matter, and of course there's the argument that all lives matter, and in American, this is an American issue. However, this issue brings to the forefront the African-American community, especially when it comes to young men and their engagement with police brutality. And for that reason alone, I emphasize the word black is important and that we must regard this community as important, just as we would when we would appreciate any type of other history. But while I was talking to the Lord and I asked how to address this, he said to me that, son, this is not only a matter of different heritage, but this is a matter of faith, that your people are a people of faith. He, he let me know that faith is the source of freedom, period. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anyone that comes to God that must, must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He told me that faith is the security blanket of the future, and faith is the strength that will take us forward, above, and beyond. It is our faith. And so this matter when injustice is taking place amongst a culture and amongst a community of people, specifically emphasizing the male figure, then we must say that this is a black faith matter. And we must take consideration that black faith also matters. So I've entitled this Black Faith Matters for Blood and Justice. I could read you the statistics of, of all the, since 2014, over 102 black males um, that were not carrying guns were gunned down and mis- uh, mistreated and murdered and martyred by the police community, and particularly white officers. I can let you know that out of those those 102 victims, more than half of the, the victims who were killed by these police officers, those officers are walking in the country free as free men today, even though the acts in which were placed upon these, these victims were unjust. Our legislation, legislative body, and the pri, pri, and I want to I want to insert this for you, especially those of you who are going into November to make decisions. That the Republican community has been the authoritative force in the legislation, versus the majority in the Senate, in the House of Representatives, and and even in our judicial system. In the, federal, in the federal court system, they are the majority. And in their administration, which empowers gun, gun re- reform and control, 
uh, we have seen a lot of things, and then of course there's a perversion in the in the in the in the democratic area as well. Liberation has been redefined to lasciviousness, and all types of things are taking place that are not God and not accepted by God. It is a, it's a matter of faith or moral and ethical uh, defamation, moral and ethical uh, and, um, perversion. Perversion are the issues of faith. And it is those matters of faith that are not, because faith is what governs the believer, for the just live by faith. Our lifestyle is defined by our faith, our culture, our context, our convictions, our core beliefs are all governed under our faith. And as a result of there being distortions in these areas, these faith matters are pro- pro- producing blood and, and, and injustice amongst cultures and contexts of this earth. It is a black faith matter. I want to read for you as our passage of scripture that launches us a passage in Genesis chapter 4. And it says, And Adam knew Eve and his wife and conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare another brother, Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought the fruit of the ground as an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought the fat firstlings of their flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very, very wroth. And his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thou countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou, be, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou dost not well, sin laugh at the door. And, and it shall, and unto thee shall be his desire. And thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel and his brother. And it came to pass, when they arose in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel, thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What, and he said, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood cries me from the ground. And now thou art cursed from the earth, which hath opened up her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. And fugitive and vagabond shall thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out of the day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain's vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any one should fight, should kill him. Now, 
of course, you know, there's been a lot of attacks, first of all, on this passage, and they try to uh, they try to insinuate that Cain is black in this particular passage um, to even say that they're cursed. But in this particular passage, we see injustice take place. Uh, I like the way the, the scriptures, um, those of you who have uh, Bibles that do uh, divisions, they say it's the initial conflict. Uh, it's the first murder in the scripture. It's the first time uh, jealousy takes place in the scripture. It's only four chapters in, and we have this state of injustice. And it brought me to the to the reality that we have not really experienced freedom. I was I was um, doing some historical thing, and there was a post that was. Placed up, and I've posted it almost every day since I've seen it. I rarely see it repeated recently in recent times. But there was a post that was so apropos to this situation. It was talking about how slavery existed 200 years ago. And then after slavery, there was Jim Crow laws. And Jim Crow laws was segregation. So you have slavery and segregation. And segregation really didn't really lift up until the 70s. So now you have 70s, 1970, 1980, 1990, 2000, 2010. We haven't got to 2020. We have 50-year period of really there not being some form of overrated uh, racial commentary. And so there has been a lot of uh, 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 people that said we're free. We've heard the We Shall Overcome speech by Martin Luther King. We're free, and and all is well. And it's only been 50 years. It hasn't been that long ago that our forefathers died uh, by the hands of slave owners and by the hands of injustice. Blood and justice are still screaming. So for my first point, blood screams from the ground. We have not entered into the freedom for which Christ died that we might be free. And it's unfortunately that this generation doesn't know the true impact and the impression of our historical contribution to the world. And it's, and it's now deterring us from experiencing a quality of life that God has designed for us to experience. In this life Because there's several reasons But but I've given some And the first one is There's a melting pot de- delusion In today's time There's been a misinformation A misinformed society That suggests to us That racism doesn't exist That we That because of all the types of sexuality And expressions That different types of uh, cultures Mixing together That we have we have really eradicated racism. That's a lie. Racism still exists. Classism, sexism, racism, socialism, uh, socialization has all been confounded to prejudices that have taken place in our culture to where we make judgments off of what people look, sound, talk, shade, pigmentation, very superficial things still have an impact on our decision and judgment. The melting pot is a delusion. There are still strategic forces that are out there. Systemic warfare still exists to set a group of people back just because 
of their distinctive features, physical distinctive features and pigmentation. Then, then God challenges us not only to learn that the melting pot is a delusion, but he challenges us to mind these matters by letting our voice be heard. People are actually getting mad because we're actually saying enough is enough. It makes no sense that those that have been set by law, justified by the federal government to protect our own, are turning the guns to the heads of innocent and unarmed people off of traffic offenses and off of standing in front of, of grocery stores or looking a certain way, you know, having hoodies on your head. These, these, are, these are ridiculous attempts to manipulate our society through fear and, and, and tactics to put people in categories to keep them oppressed and not attain. And until we speak up and stand up, it will continue to be perverted. And not only is that a, a, a sign of injustice, but blood speaks in the ground, just like it did when Cain killed Abel or, um, for jealousy. Blood speaks in the ground to us today because while we're saying, no, this is not right, this should not be done, these men who are committing such acts of injustice and, and crime under the law are being protected by the legislative branch, by the government. The government is saying they can walk away free because they were officers and they reacted wrong. Something must be done. We must mind these matters <coughs> because these are faith matters. These matters matter, and we must make our voice be heard. But not only must we make our voice be heard, because we got a lot of uh, Jesse Jacksons and, and Al Sharptons and Louis Farrakhan's that are all rhetoric without reformation. They're great at complaining but not co constructing a comprehensive plan of action that advances the causes and changes the culture. We have to make opportunity to speak truth to power and transform it with the power we have. Blood screams in the ground. Blood screams in the ground. Secondly, we have to brace ourselves for impact because that is what's going to awaken the the era that we that we want to see. We got to brace ourselves for in, impact. And what do I mean? You know what a brace does? It supports the back of a of a thing. When you put a brace on a back brace, it supports your back until your bones are structured and confident enough to support its own. We have to brace ourselves for impact. We have to take responsibility for our actions, whether they are compliant with the law or not compliant with the law. And then not only that, we must take responsibility for infusing and infiltrating faith in the lives of this next generation that is still not getting the message. The message is that the melting pot is a delusion, that there are some matters that you have to mind and that you got to make opportunities to speak up and speak truth to power and be the truth to the power. And we can only brace ourselves for impact when we discover that, that we need guidance for overcoming generational uh, uh, genocide. And this is generational uh, genocide. It comes from the immoral 
strategic forces that are set to to keep us in classism, racism, sexism. It is it's coming in forms of strategic ways to keep us on drugs and alcohol within our community, to 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 uh, lead uh, to uh, dr- uh, drug uses as far as heroin, uh, all these are narcotics that are that are stuck. All this form of living, this this rap culture that is and rap in its essence is not distorted, but the the messages that have been perverted and and and, and set before us uh, pushes lust and a lust a, a, a lustful agenda to the forefront that we cannot brace ourselves for impact. We don't even see that you know because there is no discussions, healthy discussions on sexuality and spirituality, and there's no uh, successful commentary on structuring black families, that that their abortions are like never before are high in our community. Uh, uh, STDs and AIDS are killing us out. Diabetes, health issues are killing us out. Various matters are t- overtaking us by rapid numbers, even though we are only 13% of the U.S. population. And it's been targeted toward a community of people to to keep you or to take you back to where Christ has provided a door of opportunity for us to walk in and seize the moment of opportunity. And it's just not sealed by having one black president, y'all. One black president who's who's mixed and um, not necessarily because he's mixed, but because of, of, of his suave disposition doesn't mean that we have achieved strives. Just getting a man in office versus empowering that man to act is a whole nother ball game. Why is there such a, a a faith neglect in this community? Because we 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 can find faith to the four walls of the sanctuary. We've made we've made this this faith being void of historical validation. It's in its effect to our current culture, and it appears to be void of proof because it's reduced to complaints and ideals. So until we see faith. In, as the way, the truth, and the life of a believer, we're not going to see the full effect of our freedom. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Anyone that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We have to brace ourselves for impact. And how we do this, we, we, we give guidance to the overcoming of generational Genocide. What, what we're letting you know is they're trying to kill your children and your children's children, inserting perverted sexuality, alternatives to common life, to, to the structure in which God has established for mankind to walk. Why is that? If I can kill your seed, I can kill your future. Emphasize taking the lives of these young men before their time. And not able to contribute to society, not able to reproduce after their kind. It prevents us. And we need to stop acting like it doesn't exist, and we need to mentor the next generation. We need to make a mission, make the mission of the church more relevant outside of the four walls and inside of the four walls. And we got to make the, the, the uh, space for transformational grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor, God's power. In, embedded, infused in our believer, uh, in, infused in the believer to achieve God's will, God's favor, God's power, God's influence on our lives. Jesus being Lord of our lives, being Lord of all, or not Lord at all, empowers us to address issues such as such as these these very issues that attack us. And I'll never forget that 
in this particular culture, there's an attack on you being a man. There are five areas in which people try to, to distort how you ought to be raised. Your masculinity, change your sexual identity. Your maturity, stay, change your spiritual development. Your, your methodology, keep you distracted, distorted from really achieving an accomplished great expert. Your mentality, make it victimization, social idolatry, you know, um, idealisms where we, we, we are so self-conscious. These are all, all, all things, and then, of course, natural mistakes, because all of these things are set uh, to, to, um, to attack us in modern society. This is why the young men need mentorship, because they need to make space for transformational grace. They need to know God is the cure. God is the solution. God is the source and the change that we seek. The freedom comes from God. The only way we can do that, the only way we can see that this blood goes not, that is screaming from the ground, goes not unvalidated is we have to brace ourselves for impact. We've got to get back involved in the lives of these children and the lives of these people. And, and we do that by building our hope on things eternal. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. We've got to keep hope alive, like Jesse said. But not, how will we keep it alive? Happy is he who God is the Lord. When we hope in the Lord and we put our hope in the Lord, we then can act on what we believe. It is our hope that inspires us to connect to God's promises and to stand on those promises, to be the bridge over troubled water, to be the bondsman for the lost, and to be the blessed of the Lord. It is our hope on things eternal, looking at the bigger picture, God's ultimate plan, where we're not identified just by the content of our, or the, the pigmentation of our skin, but the content of our character. We won't get there, though, when we're not building our hope on things eternal. So I want to conclude by giving you five things that you can do straight from the Scripture as men and women of color in this day. Genesis 4 lets us know that God will not allow those that have mistreated and, it, and caused our blood to scream from the ground to go unpunished. They can't bear what's coming for the innocent blood. But anybody that calls upon the name of the Lord, glory to God, shall be saved. Hallelujah. And it is in Christ that we do become colorless. It is in Christ that we do conform to real reconciliation. It is in Christ that we do change the culture by the renewal of mind, but it's only in Christ. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, the scripture gives us a great, great, great admonishment. And it's quite simple, but it's quite profound in that it's true today and it still holds vigor. It says, listen, know this, and the last, time, last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of them, their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to their parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, 
false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those which are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power <clears throat> thereof. From such America, turn away. <clears throat> From this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sin and led away with divers lust, ever learning, never coming into the knowledge of truth. Go down to verse 10. It says, but thou has known my doctrine, my manner of life. This is the solution. Purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, affliction, which have come unto me at Antioch. It goes down to say in verse 12, Yea, and that all will live godly in Christ, Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continuing Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing of them that thou hast learned them. And from a child when thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to keep thee, make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, Thoroughly furnished unto good works. What am I admonishing you to do? Stick to the word. Build your hope on things eternal. I'm admonishing you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, according to Ephesians 6. I'm, a, I'm a reminding you, according to uh, Timothy, to be steadfast, unmovable, but always abounding in the work of the Lord. I'm reminding you in Ephesians 1 to be strengthened by his might, by his spirit in the inner man. I'm reminding you to be submitted to God, to resist the devil, and he will flee. But I'm reminding everyone today the solution of this freedom and this black matters through faith, which, we, which will ultimately be the solvent of this dilemma, to be of the same mind. And the same meat, speech. We having the same spirit of faith. I believe, and therefore speak. Have I spoken? We also believe, and therefore speak. We, as the body of Christ, got to come together. Let our voices be heard, and let us know that this is a black faith matter. Faith has the answer. Faith has the solution. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to speak to the hearts of men to take examination and reevaluation to the priorities of faith. And I'm confident in your working and in your planning and your power that you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think or imagine. It is in the matchless name of the Lord Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. we got to be even more prayerful today. I want to caution you about how you protest and encourage you and admonish you to be led of the Spirit, to not only pray when a crisis takes place, but pray before a crisis takes place, and then allow that prayer time to guide you in your day-to-day affairs. 
Be spirit-driven in this day. Don't allow the enemy to distort your peace. God has that peace that surpasses all understanding and is able to keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Black faith matters for blood and for justice. Justice will come. Freedom will come. But it's going to come through faith. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.